0: Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God given potential. Um, of how people were really encouraged. You spoke on gratitude and how gratitude's really important to us. And uh, uh, you know, lots of people were going, man, I really needed that. That was the pick me up that I needed. And uh, I'm also seeing that some people have taken on our 21 day gratitude challenge, which is fantastic. I hope that you are going along with that. Um, to be honest, I'm starting late. I'm starting today. Um, yeah, I was a bit behind the eight ball in that regard you do all the prep for it, you're like, I'm feeling so full of gratitude. I'll start a little bit later (laughs) when I need it. But um, it's great to, I really hope to hear amazing stories of how gratitude has switched your thinking and helped you kind of put the context of what you're going through uh, in in the big scheme of things of what God is actually doing. At the same time, I have also heard that there might be some people that because you're going through a particularly difficult circumstance, uh, gratitude is something that doesn't feel right or, or, or doesn't come naturally to you in those moments and sometimes I, I know that people can get into a space where it's like I just got nothing, nothing to be uh, uh, grateful for and, and my encouragement to you is this. If that's you, that's what this challenge is about. It wouldn't be called a challenge if it was easy. 21 day easy gratitude. Uh, no, it's 21 day gratitude challenge, and and think of the littlest things. I took many breaths of air this morning. (laughs) If that's the best that you can come up with, that's the best you can come up with. But the more you learn how to see the good that's in your life, the more the difficult things in your life fall into a context, and you get to see what God is actually doing. And so that's my encouragement to you. I'm not not trying to say this to minimize what you are going through. I understand that sometimes life really seems to beat us up but that's what god is teaching us in his word where there's gratitude you get to switch and reset your thinking and you get to see what god is actually doing so that was last week if you do want to access the podcast that's free on our website and you can grab a hold of that but today we are going to go on to habit number two and we are going to start in a passage found in luke chapter 6 verse 48 to 49 and this is jesus speaking it fell and the ruin of that house was great. See, one of the things that Jesus loved doing is that he loved to take an everyday, easy, simple thing and he would talk about it, but he would infuse great truth into it. And I believe that this is one of those passages where where God's actually, where Jesus is actually teaching us uh, the path to success, Jesus is unpacking for us one of the key strategies to find success in your life through a very simple story of where you should build your house. And in fact, the story is so simple that you kind of look at it and you go, man, a kid, that, 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 that's a kid story. You know, when you take a, a child, if, you, if you're a parent and you've gone to the beach with your child and you spend a, a huge amount of effort building an amazing sandcastle. Anyone done that before? I've been that kid. I'm, uh, I don't have a kid yet. I built that amazing sandcastle. One time, Beck and I went and we built a penguin. <laughs> I was trying to see if you guys are paying attention or not. uh We built a little penguin because um, that's what we thought we would do Um, and he even had little flappy wings and and a beak it was amazing it was magnificent Um, but you know when you bring a kid to the beach and they build a sandcastle and they are so in love with what they have created and then they'll ask you the question that you know that you have been dreading the whole time that you've been building this thing because they say mom dad can we come back tomorrow to see our sandcastle and you know the answer to that is going to be a no. And it feels like this is a good Jesus story to tell your kid. You see, when you build a sandcastle on the sand, it's not going to stand. In fact, I don't know if you were growing up and you learn a song in, uh, in, in kids' church where uh, the wise men build this house upon the... Oh, yeah. some of you guys are Christians here, that's good <laughs> most of you will catch up I hope that you come to live long enough and we will teach you all the kids songs that you could <laughs> sing, actually Beck knows a lot more than I do, she watch, She grew up watching Veggie Tales and, and, and all of that but, but I think we kind of look through this simple truth and because it's so simple we actually don't take into account what Jesus is actually trying to say and what Jesus is really trying to infuse into our lives or, or teach us, because the truth is that if you want success in your life, one of the most important things ever is that you need a foundation. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, I gave the the, the offering today for, for that. I could have I could have seen that myself. But you see the thing about foundation is that it's not very spectacular. It's not very cool, and many of us don't actually stop to think about what kind of foundation we are putting into our lives. Uh, I'm currently uh, studying a Master's of Leadership, and and, and part of my course, the the lecturer was saying that one of the things that he has uh, uh, discovered is that people, that there are two kinds of people. There are some people that are motivated by what they see in the world, and they react to it. But he said leaders are the other category of people because what leaders do is that leaders act out of an internal belief. They act out of something that is built on the inside. They act on their foundations. And, and so leaders, if you find a leader who is having sustained success over the course of their life, you have found a person who has beliefs. You have found a person who actually acts on certain foundations in his his or her life, in order to create and build a life that you now see on the, ins- on the outside. You see, our lives are meant to have a foundation. Remember, I pointed out that Jesus didn't say, if a flood comes. Jesus said, when the flood comes. And I already kind of burst your bubble last week, but if you weren't here last week, I'm going to tell you again, this year is probably going to be one of the toughest years of your lives. It is. Every year in my experience, it gets tougher. Anyone agree with that? Anyone want to say amen to that? Every year gets tougher. I remember growing up and I was like, man, this must be the worst moment of my life. And then the next year came. know, It's kind of like, that's normal. But if you want success in your life, It's not so much whether you have difficult circumstances or not. It's not whether you have the right luck or not. It is how you respond to difficult circumstances. And how you respond to difficult circumstances all comes down to what kind of foundation you have. It always comes back down to whether you have the right foundation or not. So what is a foundation? What is a right foundation? If you want a right foundation, you need a foundation that is solid, dependable, and unmovable. Would you agree? Who wants to build a house on the water? Who wants to build a house on the sand? We need something that is unmovable. We need something that is strong. And I think that's why many of us don't actually think about the foundation of our lives because our culture doesn't like things that are rigid and unchangeable. Our culture seems to really enjoy things that are spontaneous and movable. But the spontaneous and movable things will not allow you to build a foundation that stands the test of time. In order to show this, I really hope this works because this is actually quite a funny video. A deep, deep one as well. Another know the multi-team... Uh, uh, rapidly trying to ensure that it works because our multi hasn't been the best over the last few weeks you've got some technological issues but i've got a video to show you about how our culture responds to truth good fun hey when i was listening to that one thing that stood out to me is that he says that he's five nine apparently I, i'm 5'7. that guy's taller than me i don't believe that <laughs> he doesn't look taller than me yeah, anyway sorry I just needed to put that truth bomb out there (laughs) he was lying but you see the thing about foundations is that is actually truth we need to base our life on truth truth that is absolute truth that is unchanging truth that is unmovable because if truth is movable then it cannot be the foundation of your life and the thing is that many people are taking truth to be a personal truth We are in a culture that seems to understand truth as something that you experience for yourself and you get to decide what truth is. But then it becomes really difficult because when you have difficult questions like this, and, and look, gender identity is a massive issue. It's not something I want to comment on, but at least it helps you get thinking about this whole idea truth. But when you have difficult questions like that, it's like people are saying, I don't want to draw a line. Well, you have to. At some point, a line has to be drawn somewhere. You know, there's so many debates in our political arena right now where people are debating things and debating where to draw lines. And it has to be drawn. If not, our society has no foundation. It will get rocked the first time a wave comes through. And I think that that's what we are experiencing. But what Jesus is telling us is that if you want to have sustained success, if you want to have a life that lasts difficult times, if you want to have a life that accesses all that God has got for you, then you need to go on a pursuit of truth. Then you need to go through a discovery of what is something I can base my life on, not just something that I feel, not just something that I'm comfortable with, but something that I'm convinced about, something that I absolutely say I can hold on to. You know, when we sing songs on a Sunday morning, we don't just sing it because it makes us feel good. We sing it because it reminds us of the truth. It reminds us of what God is saying in His Word. We don't just choose any song that sounds good. We choose songs that resound with truth. And quite often what we try to do, and and Mitch does a great job at this, but he chooses songs that fit in with the message so that it massages the truth into your soul. You know why you feel great when you're singing some of those songs? Because you're reminding yourself of the truth. You're reminding yourself of what my life is actually about the context of my life is so important so my appeal to you is that you understand that truth is actually important and truth is something that we need to base our lives on and so how do we find truth i love that jesus actually says this in john 14 verse 6 he says i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me Jesus himself said that he is truth. And this is something that I want to unpack for you. See, when we as Christians go on a pursuit of truth, we are never on a pursuit of finding boundaries and rules to base our life on. Because if you're doing that, you're simply finding religion. But as Christians, when we go on a pursuit of truth, we are actually trying to find our Creator. We are trying to find the one who designed us. We are on a pursuit of getting to know our God so much more. Because when we understand how God has created us, then we can understand how we are supposed to live. When you understand the purpose and the design that God has infused into your life, remember the Bible says that before you were born, God knit you together. He put you together. He deliberately chose your personality. He chose how you're going to behave. He chose uh, the the, the way that you think and the way that you see things, and He he, he pieced it together so that when you are born, you have a desire, A design that fulfills a certain purpose and it fulfills a certain destiny in our lives. I'm not here talking about just some kind of positive mindset. I'm here talking about understanding that, that there's a truth for your life that you can understand. There's a truth that you should and must be basing your life on if you are to find fulfillment and meaning for your life. This meaning cannot be found detached from God. It must always be found in with God. And let me tell you, this whole understanding of a pursuit of truth in this way frames everything not just as a research project, but it actually is a relationship of pursuing God, of understanding God, of understanding how and why. So when, you, uh, uh, when you've got questions about God, it's okay. It's actually good to have questions about God. I love that some people have a simple faith and they're just like, you know, i have never questioned God. Good on you. I question God all the time. Putting it out there, that doesn't make me a bad Christian. That makes me a person that in my pursuit of God, I, I, I'm actually trying to understand God. I stand here speaking these things because I have asked many questions about my God. Having questions about God, having doubts about God, is not in itself a bad thing. It's how you respond to it. You know, in any relationship, there will come times where there is doubt. I've been married for four years, and so I haven't had a lot of time to have a lot of doubt. But there have been moments where where, where, where we're struggling. It's like, how is this supposed to work? Is this what it's going to be? But those doubts allow us to have deeper conversations. I don't know if you've been in relationships, where, but you find like you grow most when you actually struggle the most. If you have a smooth sailing relationship, you don't know what that relationship's made of. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you, you, you spend the best time with people and then suddenly something hits. And the real substance of that person's character comes to the surface. And then in that moment, then you can judge whether that's a friendship, that's a relationship that is solid, or whether that's a relationship that you should just run the heck away from. You know what I mean? Have you gone through an experience? It's okay to struggle with God. But here's a little tip. Jesus is truth. When you're struggling with Him, you're actually struggling with truth. You're trying to understand and to see that truth. And the more that you struggle with it, the clearer it becomes. It's kind of like, you know, a diamond. You're polishing it and you're polishing it. And the more you polish it, the more the rough edges come off, the shinier, the clearer it actually becomes. That is what our pursuit of truth should look like. And how do we get to know Jesus more? I think many of you are already kind of coming to the conclusion of what this message is about because you guys are smart. So I'm not going to pretend that I've got all the answers. Um, but I hope that this is an encouragement for you to really pursue God. And, and, and what Jesus says, uh, how do we get to know Jesus more? It's, it's written in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. It says, in the beginning was the Word. And you can see it on the screen. And, and we have it in capital W. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And as you read on, you find out that what John is actually saying is that Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the capital W Word. But what we have in our hands, what I have in my hand, is the Word, is the Holy Bible, is the written Word of God. And this is not just a book of rules and regulations, as I mentioned. This is a book that helps us to understand and to see who God is, the character of God, and what He has planned, gain an insight into the way that He thinks, gain an insight into the way that He has established things, so that we can actually understand truth, so that we can have a foundation, so that we can have a relationship with God. For us as Christians, if you want a foundation that will stand the test of time, you need to get you some of this. You need to get this into you. And again, like I said, no Christian here would say, nah, I don't think reading the Bible is good for me. Anyone, any Christian want to say that? No? Okay, cool. You know that you're in the right place. We We all know that this is important. So why is it that Studies show consistently that very few Christians actually have a Bible reading habit. Don't get condemned here. You're probably in the majority. Right now, just saying right now, if you don't read your Bible, you're in a majority of Christians. But if we know that Bible reading is so important, why is it that we don't do it? And for me, many years of my life, I'm 30 now, there was probably about uh, a, a good 10-year stretch in the middle where, where the Bible just was too difficult for me. And I, I used to think if I learn more about uh, uh, Hebrew or Greek or, or something crazy that I need to study five years for, then I will be able to understand the Bible and I'll be able to get it into me. There are many people that say, like, oh, I just don't have the, 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 the right education. I don't have to write this. I don't have to write that. But what I found is that reading the Bible is not so much dependent on how smart you are, but it's more dependent on how committed you are. And there's one thing I can leave you with today, is that if you want to have a foundation based on the Word of God, you just need to be committed to it. And that's why we're calling it a habit, because it's part of your life. And um, I've broken down why we need to be committed into two different key points. If you like poems, this is the time. The first reason why you need to be committed to read the Word of God is that it is a big book. Have you ever gone to a, a Christian bookstore and then you've gone to like the children's section? Have you noticed how big those Bibles are? I don't know why we do this. We freak our kids out when it comes to the Word of God. We're like, kids, you're going to get to read this. You're like, Aah. I don't want to do that. And I remember thinking I will never be able to read through this book because it's so big. And you're a child, you're reading Where Spot, and it's like there's no like flappy things in this book. <laughs> and it freaks us out. And I think some of us actually carry that kind of mindset through our lives. We actually think that this is a bit too difficult for me. I, I only have got a high school education, and, and reading is not my thing that's why you need to be committed to it. If something is of value to you, you will be committed to it. And so you need to commit to the Bible because it is a big book. And don't be committed to it in the sense that you, I know lots of people, not lots, I know a few people that when they say they read the Bible every day, this is literally what they do. They kind of pray, and they flick through, open it up, and put a finger on it. And the verse of the day is Haroah, half of the mana Hattites, and the clan, are, uh, I don't know. I don't know what God's trying to say to me. He's trying to tell me to go to Israel. And I don't know what it is. What if you land on something that is just completely weird? I ask this question to people, it's like, oh, I, I flip again. <laughs> God loves me, yeah, that's my verse. That wasn't it. This is a lament and is used to be a lament. <laughs> there you go. The Bible has an amazing context. If you don't read through the Bible over the course of your life, I'm not saying you need to read it by tomorrow, but if you don't commit to reading through it, you miss the magic of the story. You miss the adventure that God's actually uh, trying to bring us through. I remember that when I actually started to realize as I read through the Bible that God always had Jesus as plan A for our redemption. And that was an amazing revelation for me. Because I read through the Bible, as I was reading bits and pieces, I kind of got the idea that Jesus was kind of like, this is getting bad, real bad. We have to send the big guns in. It was like we don't have any other choice. God was having this little committee meeting, and it was like, guys, plan A didn't work. Jesus, are you okay with this? But as I read through the Bible, I recognized and I could see That even right from the beginning, Jesus knew that he had to be the redemption for our lives. When I started to realize that, because I understood the truth in this right context, it changed my view of how God operates for me. And that's why one of the missions of Live Church is to pursue. Because when I started to realize that God was pursuing me, even before I was born, it changed my whole life. It changed the way that I saw things. It changed the way that I related to people. If God could pursue me, He's putting me on earth, and part of my mission is to help him pursue other people as well. It changes things when you understand the Word of God in his context. Some people read a hard part in the Bible. Oh, God hates all women. It's like, I'm gonna put this book aside. Well, have you read the whole Bible? Have you actually tried to understand what it's trying to say? Yes, some parts of it is difficult. Yes, some parts of it is dry. Let me tell you, I hate poetry, and there's a massive book in the Bible all about poetry. It's like God was like, you know what? Let's make that guy hate poetry and let's make the biggest book in the Bible poetry. (laughs) That's what I reckon. But as I dig into it, as I commit to it, there are parts that just flows and it brings life. There are parts where I chew through and it takes me a few readings, maybe even a few years to understand what God's trying to say. But the more I commit to reading the Word of God, The deeper my foundation is, the stronger my foundation is. The more my faith is not shaken when the storms arise, and they will arise, and they will hit. So we need to commit to it. How do we commit to it? Let me just say, find a system that works for you. We've been catching up with a whole bunch of people over the last few weeks, and and one of the things that someone says that he, that he was wanting to commit to reading the Bible more because he found like it didn't work. And what he described, he said that last year um, he, he wanted to read the Bible in the morning but always lost track of time and never had enough time to actually read the Bible. So he said one of the big things that he's changing is actually his mindset, is a system of thinking. So he's actually saying that reading the Bible is and integral is an important part of getting ready for the day. So let's say you know that it takes you 20 minutes to shower, 20 minutes to have breakfast uh, before you go, and so you, you, you give yourself 40 minutes. Give yourself an hour and give some of that time to reading the bible that's what this guy's doing i think it's great i think it's great that he's thinking i need a system that values the bible for me the system that really reignited bible reading in my life was is really interesting i'm being vulnerable here because it sounds so dumb but uh, one day as i was kind of thinking about reading the bible more i had this like amazing light bulb moment and the light bulb moment was that i'm going to read the bible twice a day It sounds really dumb, but I don't know why, but I had this mindset before then that reading the Bible can only be done in one big chunk a day. Have you read your Bible? Yeah, I didn't have enough time today. Well, do you have two lots of 10 minutes? You can actually read a whole chunk of Bible with two lots of 10 minutes. Two lots of five minutes. And so I started the system where first thing in the day when I woke up, I read the Bible. Last thing in the day before I slept was to read the Bible. And I found like it actually got me through most of the Bible. Now today, I've read through the Bible maybe about five or six times, and, and, and it's not impossible. Find a system that works for you. Find a goal that works for you. As a church, last year, we, we introduced something called Project 73. we got 10 of these books on the Connection uh, Hub in the foyer. And basically what this is, is that if you follow these readings, you will read through the Bible in 73 weeks. That's a year and a half. See, I'm telling you, you don't need to finish the Bible by tomorrow. But are you committed to trying? Are you committed to doing something about that? So this gives you readings from Mondays to Fridays, and then you get the weekends to catch up, because we know the weeks get pretty busy. And then uh, on top of that, it also uh, schedules the reading uh, uh, according to uh, how things happen chronologically. So, So basically with that, the Bible is actually broken up into themes rather than according to when things happen. So sometimes it is a little bit confusing when you read something and it's like, didn't this happen before? And it's like, well, there's a context to it. And so this tries to help you find that context a bit more. So that's available for the first 10 people and the first 10 people only. So why don't you press buy now? Why don't you just commit to it? But, you know, even if it's not a Bible reading plan like that, a chapter a day. If nothing else, get a verse a day. There's an app that everyone should get because everyone's got smartphones. It's called the Version Bible. You can get it on both uh, Apple and Android. And, and you can set things in there, Re- Bible reading reminders. You can have a verse of the day pop up for you every single day. Get it into you. You know, there are people that get audio Bibles now. And I know someone that actually heard through the Bible. Uh, because they, they drove all the time and didn't have time to read, but, and they didn't like reading, so they got an audio Bible. There's nothing wrong with that. But the main question is, are you committed to reading through the Bible? Are you committed to actually getting this into you? I believe that the majority of Christians never attain the life that God has got for them because they don't have the right foundation. Don't be another statistic. Don't be another one that's like, but I went to church every week. So I'm giving you a condensed, broken-down version of, of, of many things that happens in the Bible. You can have amazing revelation. You don't need to have a, a Bible college degree in order to understand the Word of God. But something as a system that I would like us as a church to start on is a system of accountability. Can we do that? One of the things that Beck and I are really proud of about Lift Church is that Lift Church really feels like a family. But you know one thing that family does? Family actually holds each other accountable. You know, when you haven't cleaned your room for about three months, guess what family does? It gets into your face, don't they? They're like, clean your room. If not, you're not going out. Your pocket money's being taken away. Some of you still need family in your life to get that kind of stuff happening but why don't we as a church family get around each other and say hey you want to get through the bible i want to get through the bible can i actually like get you to give me a text message every week and say how your bible reading is going and can we like every now and then talk about it and and why not get some accountability doing any journey alone is difficult reading through the bible we said reading through the bible in 73 weeks you know our church isn't isn't even 73 weeks old, I don't think. I think we've just hit 73 weeks. That's the whole life of lived. Some of you guys have been with us from the start of our journey and you're like, really? I would have only read through the Bible once? Yes, it's a big commitment. So why don't you get some accountability? But another thing that I would love us to be committed to is actually asking each other, so what have you been reading? What what has God been talking to you about? Our church is great a conversation. There's not a moment silence when you're in the foyer. There's always someone chatting we talk about the weather, we talk about sport, we talk about food, we talk a lot about food. <laughs> Why don't we start asking each other questions like, so what has God been talking to you about? You know, it's, it's, I love asking this question, but I'm also sad when I ask this question to people because many people actually say, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. And something that Beck and I have been doing is that we're catching a whole bunch of people at the start of the year, and a number of people that's like, "I don't really know what God's been saying to me." It's so common, you don't have to be a pastor to know what God says to you. You have to be a committed reader of the word of God in order to do that. The Bible actually says that in order to know God's will, you need to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How does the renewal of the mind happens by reading truth. It's found in God's Word. So I'm not going to be marking or gauging whether you guys are asking each other the right questions. But that's my hope that as a church that we grow strong, that we have a stronger 2017, that we actually stretch ourselves. And if you're doing great at your Bible reading, fantastic. Help someone else out. Go find someone and say, you know what? I know how much that's changed me, and I want to do this for you. But the second reason why we need a commitment to the Word of God is this. See, the Bible reveals Christ, but the Bible also reveals what's inside of us. Someone once said that we don't so much read the Bible as the Bible reads us. The Bible actually reveals things in us. James 1, 22 to 25 says this, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, that's that word, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. When you know the truth, you need to start to act on the truth. That's how foundations are built. If you have this playing as an audio Bible before you sleep, but you don't hear a single word and you don't actually action anything that you heard, it's not going to build a foundation. We need to be committed to reading it. We need to commit to doing it. And that's what it takes in order to build a foundation based on the truth found in God's Word. And, and, and that is difficult. It's not easy. You know, the Bible actually says a lot of stuff that I'm still struggling with, and I'm still trying to understand. But why don't we struggle with it, and when we have been convinced of what the truth is, then we act on it. This year, I really believe that many of you are going to start to build something of sustainable success in your life. Maybe some of you are already on that journey, but my hope is that, that building of success doesn't come at the cost of your foundation, but in fact, it's all based on the right foundation. You don't have to worry. I love what James says when you read this book. It is actually a law of liberty. It's a law of liberty. If you want to find peace, if you want to find joy, if you want to find freedom, it's actually found in the pages of this book. It's not found in you satisfying yourself. The number of people that have done that and come to the other side and go, I feel more empty when I pursue those things. But when you pursue life the way that God's intended, that's when meaning and purpose comes in. Can we get the band up this morning? I know it's a simple message. I know most of you have heard most of that stuff before. But today's a reminder. And today really is my... This is one of the biggest things. If every Christian really committed themselves to reading the Word of God and really committed themselves to doing the Word of God, I would probably be out of a job. But I would rather that than have an impotent church... Then they have a group of people that actually has the fate of the world resting on us. But yet we don't have the power. We don't have the authority that is only found when we have the right foundation. When we actually are building our lives based on the Word of God. But this morning, as we close, um, I, I first want to make an invite. Because some of you, maybe you had the idea that Christianity is about Restrictions is about boundaries, is about rules. But no, Christianity is actually about being in a relationship with our God and our Saviour. It's, it's about being in a relationship with Jesus. And this is the most freeing, the most powerful thing you could ever have in your life. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.